morning. Welcome to Daily Cafefe with Carter and Carrie. Today is Thursday, June 20th, and this is the second time we'll be doing this because we forgot to record it the first time. <laughs> so we're going to try and repeat everything we said. And Carrie is going better- to shoot me. She's going to fly here and shoot me. It's if We did not forget to record it. I forgot to press the record button. And it was a great conversation, and it was succinct. And I was like, okay, great, we're done. And I looked over to press the button. And we weren't recording. So we, yeah. I apologize. All I'm saying is all of your reactions better be just as authentic as they were the first time. Yeah, I'm gonna try. <laughs> uh, okay. We have we well, we only talked about two things and yeah. we did both of them relatively succinctly. So let's do those two things again. Start with yours. Yes. Go. <laughs> oh, also wait, uh, I didn't thank everyone this time around. Thank you for subscribing. Please press the subscribe button on YouTube. I had a whole thing about how grateful I was for the subscribe star people. There's someone who upgraded to existential thread. I was very thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I, it's not authentic if I go through the whole thing again. So know that, None of this. but not recorded. <laughs> know that you were thanked a lot, but we didn't record it. Um, yeah, none of this is going to feel that authentic. Let's just, okay, let's get power through it. Okay. Carter, did you know that yesterday? <laughs> I was telling Carter, <laughs> I was telling Carter that yesterday Ta-Nehisi Coates testified in front of Congress uh, on behalf of reparations and he didn't know Ta-Nehisi Coates was, which is interesting because he is one of the most um, revered priests of the sjw movement especially white white sjw's love him they quote him all the time because he's a black uh, guy who's who's an sjw dude yes and he paints a very 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 bleak portrait of race and racism in america like he's the he's the guy who writes about like not being able to have white friends and like just he paints all black people's victims and he's just he's uh um i think he's the one who originated the phrase he might be the one who originated the phrase, uh, your opinion is rooted in my oppression, which is one of my favorite SJW quotes. Like, your entire opinion is oppression. We cannot disagree. I mean, we cannot have a discussion. People use that all the time. I think it came from him. Um, so he's brilliant. But, you know, the, those of us outside of social justice, Carrie, we don't know who your priests and, and holy people are. We don't. So I see him quoted all the time in mainstream. I mean, he's in mainstream stuff. Anyway. What mainstream stuff? The New York Times. Who reads? No one reads the fucking New York Times. I know. They've got they 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 publish quite a few racists. Anyway, uh, he he did a, a speech, and then also Coleman Hughes, you guys may know from Colette. He gave he actually testified against reparations, and that you should go watch his watch his testimony because. People were in the audience were like booing him. They did not like a black man testifying against reparations. But at the end, when he finished, the 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 white um, yeah, this is weird doing this a second time. But anyway, at the end when he finished his speech, the there was like a white congressman, Democratic congressman, who said he was like trying to quiet down the crowd, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he was presumptive, but he gets to speak. He was presumptive. What, what does that mean? <laughs> the Negro was uppity. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like that's what he means. What does he mean? Presumptive, because he doesn't agree with us in the Democratic Party. And by the way, Coleman Hughes is a Democrat. 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Them black people's allowed to have their opinions now, even if they're uppity, so calm down, every. All you white liberals, you calm down in the back. We let them speak, even if they don't say the right things. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. Anyway, uh, so I just wanted to read part of... Democrats, you are so fucking racist. All of you. Sorry. Say that. It's... it's I yeah, didn't say it's it the first time. I it, said it. That's new. <laughs> so here, I just wanted to read part of his, the end of his, because he is, Ta-Nehisi Coates is a great, he has a great way with words. He's a great writer. He just, his ideas are bad. But anyway, so he, he gives this rousing speech on behalf of reparations. And at the end, it's like his crescendo. And like, so here's the end. <clears throat> if Thomas Jefferson matters, so does Sally Hemings. That if D-Day matters, so does Black Wall Street. That if Valley Forge matters, so does Fort Pillow. Because the question really is not whether we'll be tied to the somethings of our past, but whether we are courageous enough to be tied to the whole of them. Now give me money. <laughs> you added the now give me money, I assume. That's all right. I, just, I, I love reading this and then adding in what it's really about, like the Gillette thing. Like yeah. buy our razors at the end. Like, oh, in the case you forgot... <laughs> It's like it's about freedom and justice and all that's right in the universe. Now hand over, hand over. The <laughs> yeah. Now give me the cash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's so trans. I mean, is he not transparent? To people, what is charlatan? I mean, what the, these people? They're 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 con artists. Yeah, he's he's a. Uh, He's just, I, all my white SJW friends love him and they, they were posting his uh, testimony talking about, it was powerful. It's so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I hate so many people. <laughs> powerful. It was powerful. So powerful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm just in a mood to make fun of some people today. I no, was short no. on, I was short on kindness yesterday, by the way. And... You're short on kindness? Yes. You were? Yes. And I'm trying to not be that when, way today. When were you short? During our show? Oh, no, not during our show. Just during some online discussions with some oh. horrible people. You got to not have them. You got to just have them here where we love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, a point I want to make about this. This is, these reparations are never going to happen. This is all a show. Right, so this is this is because of Cory Booker's um, twelve million dollar study bill that he he got through. Right, he, he, they're studying reparations. This is just this is Cory Booker allocating twelve million dollars to the Cory Booker Presidential Fund. This is so that he can be like, look, I'm I'm studying I'm studying reparations while I'm running for president. That's what I'm doing. It's not it's never going to happen. It can't happen. It just I mean it can't. It just can't practically happen in any meaningful way. Like, do you do you know all the lineage of your ancestors through slavery and whether anyone was involved or not involved or what? Like, there's there's no way to do this. And if they tried, there would be an immediate civil war. It's just stupid. And and Zuby tweeted about this the other day, or maybe it was yesterday. And he he made a good point. He was like, "Look, do some math." everyone in the world would owe everyone else. Like, how far do you want to go back? Slavery is not a white institution against black people. Slavery is a human institution against other humans 
and it's been going on since the dawn of time. So how you, you, I guess you could stop at the founding of America and demand, you know, restitution just for that. But why stop there? Why not rewind? This could go on. This could go on forever. So it's not even well, people think silly. Coleman Hughes had a good point though that I did agree with, or I thought I could get behind, which was, which was uh, that he would support reparations for people who lived through, who are still alive, who lived through Jim Crow. Now you said that on take one, and I argued with you. Have you changed your mind on it, or do you still agree with that? But every um, I think it's a good point. I what you said though, I do, I do agree with you that it's not fair to. Uh, pay those reparations to take that money from taxpayers. Like where does the money come from? But I, so that, that's what I disagree with. But I, but I do agree that those people, if you're going to give reparations, it should be to someone who's still alive, who actually suffered something that you're talking about. Yeah. But no one is still alive who actually suffered slavery um, in the U S there's, there's, there are no people who are alive who lived through slavery. Are there people who live through racist laws? Yeah, there are, but Everyone didn't vote for those, like not as many people alive, most people alive today didn't vote for those racist laws. Those are the people you're taxing. Those are the people you're taking money from. They didn't do that. I mean, I guess if you want to go after it, the Democrats, the old Democrats who passed the Jim Crow laws and seize their property and sell it and to give reparations to people who are affected by Jim Crow, I, I could get behind that, but... You can't take it away from people, the, the voters. They probably, you don't know who they voted for. There's not a lot of them left. Most of the voters today, most of the citizens today didn't vote for any Jim Crow laws. They weren't even alive. So it's just, a, it's totally unfair. And frankly, what you just said, Carrie, is just a good thing to ask always. Where does the fucking money come from? I, I love how convenient it is for people to forget where the money comes from. They're like, oh, we should do X, we should do Y. Yeah, those of us who like have a wallet, fuck you. There's no we, it's not we. There's no we, it's not our money. It's my money and your money and his money and her money. It's their money. There's no we money. Stop stealing money to pay people to buy votes and virtue signal, which right. is what which is the whole- well, also. Well, Coleman also had another great point, which is that which goes to your your point that this is unrealistic and dumb. Which is, you know, he's like, I grew up in a very privileged home. It, it, the idea that I should, the government should be giving me money because of my skin color, and not giving it to some guy who is living paycheck to paycheck, but it, but has the wrong skin color is ridiculous, and you know, it infantilizes black people. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. But I mean, the left is racist. So that's what they do. Um, okay. What do you want to talk about? Okay. I, I know I got a preview. You have a preview already and maybe you'll change your original reaction to it, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, I want to talk about she who shall not be named. Uh, we avoid a talk talking about in uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez often, or as one of our subscribers calls her, Alexandria Occasional Cortex, which I like. Um, we don't talk about her much. And I wouldn't talk about her in this context, except there's a lesson that I want to impart. 
probably a lot of people already noticed it, but if you haven't noticed it, I want you to pay attention. So she tweeted on Tuesday, she, here's the tweet that's the tweet that started it all. Cause with AOC, it always starts with a tweet. So here it is. The tweet that started it all. She tweeted out, this administration has established concentration camps on the Southern border of the United States for immigrants where they're being brutalized with dehumanizing conditions and dying. This is not hyperbole. It is the conclusion of expert analysis. And then she does a little down pointy arrow to this article that she linked to from Esquire, where a supposed expert on concentration camps says, hey, that's exactly what these detention centers at the border are. And of course, anticipating, rightly, backlash from people over this comparison, she follows up immediately saying, and for the shrieking Republicans who don't know the difference, concentration camps are not the same as death camps. Concentration camps are considered by experts as the mass detentions of civilians without trial. And that's exactly what this administration is doing. And so, of course, what happened? Well, people got upset about it. So let's see. Here's Liz Cheney, Rep. Liz Cheney. Please, AOC, do us all a favor and spend just a few minutes learning some actual history. Six million Jews were exterminated in the Holocaust. You demean their memory and disgrace yourself with comments like this. And of course, she replies, you know, hey, since you're so eager to educate me, what do you call building mass camps of people being detained without a trial? And so this goes on and it escalates. And, you know, you can scroll through her timeline where she's arguing with people people supporting her, people saying she's wrong and she's arguing back, people like George Takai, who, or, or Takei, I don't know how to say his name, Takei, who, you know, I know what concentration camps are. I was inside two of them in America. And yes, we are operating such camps again. So lots of people rushing to her defense and lots of people saying she is a horrific, horrible individual for. It is grossly hyperbolic. And it is, and it is disgusting. I think what she's doing, because we all know colloquially what that word means: concentration camps. Like we know what it means. In, people are going in now, and well, the, actually, technically, the definition you could it could mean you know, yeah. But we know there's a reason she picked that word. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so it is horrible. It is unconscionable, I think was the word you used the first time around. I don't know if you used that just now, but it is unconscionable. I agree. It's also brilliant, and I want to point out what she's doing and why you should not argue with her about it. You shouldn't say boo about it. You should leave it alone. She is doing exactly what Donald Trump does. It's how he owns the media. It's how he controls the narrative. It's how he frames discussions. And she's doing it. I don't, I don't know if she's doing it on her own or if her team of, we know she's got a huge, uh, basically democratic machine, social justice machine behind her, propping her up. So maybe it's coming from some experts. Regardless, these are the tactics she uses. You make a statement, so you pick an issue you wanna talk about. You wanna frame the issue in a certain way. So what you do is you make a statement that will resonate with your base that frames the issue on an emotional level and a directional level. Like this is kind of directionally true or emotionally resonates, right? But it's factually 
questionable at best or inaccurate so that the other side will get their, you know, it'll raise their ire, they'll be very upset and they'll start arguing with you and calling you names and make a big deal about it. So, so that's, that's what will happen. And so you, you do that, the other side will argue, but that arguing now elevates your discussion to a level that you didn't actually earn, your own influence wouldn't have gained. But now that everyone's talking about you and talking about how much an idiot you are, how much of a jerk you are, whatever it is, suddenly this has been elevated. So you double down. You double down and you make it a bigger argument. And they get angry at you, which she did. She doubled down several times. Uh, so I guess tripled down, whatever, and quadrupled down. She kept going. And you, of course, you'll have people on your side to rush in and defend you. And this, for, for some people, this entire process will have shifted their way of thinking about the issue. So we were never thinking about, well, most of us, I don't think we're thinking about border security compared to exterminating Jewish people in Nazi Germany. That wasn't like going on in our head. But now for a lot of people, you've framed that in their head and that comparison now needs to be made. And so those two things are occupying space, so to speak, close to each other, obviously metaphorically in your brain. So there they are. And instead of having the conversation we should be having, you know, which, which by the way is, hey, should a country have borders? And when people try and illegally cross, should we uh, detain them? And if they want asylum, should we keep them detained while we are processing to figure out whether they should get asylum or what should we do? Like valid questions. Hey, hey, should the country have borders? Those are, those are valid questions to ask. But instead of talking about it that, now what we're doing is we're obsessed with arguing over the technicalities of the definition of a concentration camp, right? And we're like, well, technically it is, technically it's not, how dare you do this? It's insulting to Jews. Actually, technically dictionary definition, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's the discussion we're having. We're now having this huge discussion comparing detention centers at the border to Auschwitz. That's the discussion we're having. And we're having that discussion because AOC said this, and it's exactly the discussion she wants us to have. We would not have been having this discussion if she didn't say it. And, it, and if you look, it's actually the exact same issue that Trump has used this tactic on before. He just did it the other way. He, when he was talking about people coming across the border, and he was talking about Mexicans, he didn't say all Mexicans, but he said, well, there's a lot of crime and a lot of rape, and a lot of them are this and that. And he, he you know, implied there's a lot of criminality, which there is, right? So people that want to rush to his defense could say, well, there is a lot of criminality. He didn't technically say it was all Mexicans, blah, blah, blah. But directionally, and emotionally, he set the stage for the conversation. And people were like, yeah, you've got to be careful about those people coming across the border. They're problematic. And like now he's got that feeling and he had it. Now that became part of the conversation. And we started arguing about the border security, which is the conversation he wanted us to have. She's taken the exact same issue, used the exact same tactic. She's changed the concretes with the tactic. And she's used it for her side. and. The only way to, unless you have like massive, I think Scott Adams would call it like, you know, massive persuasion, like judo master persuasion level skills, where you can take this and like judo move it and 
change the narrative somehow or change the framing, unless you've got those level skills, which I don't, you just shut up about it. You don't argue about it. You leave it alone. And if she had tweeted that out and no, none of her opposition said anything, we wouldn't be talking about this. No one would know. No one would care. AOC actually is irrelevant. She's some shitty bartender from a crappy ass, I don't know about the district, shitty bartender from a small district in New York. I want to besmirch the district. They did vote for AOC though. But she doesn't have a lot of power. She's a junior congressperson. She's not particularly intelligent. She does know social media very well. But she doesn't have power. She's not influential. But you make her influential. When she's she gets great away at doing yeah, this. Yeah, she's great at trolling. This is, this is why, yeah, from the beginning, I'm like, I don't usually talk about her. Plus, I find her extremely boring. But yes. you play into their hands. It's exactly what, it's like, it's like what the left does to Trump. I have friends on the left who... You know that expression, uh, someone's like living rent-free in your head? Trump lives rent-free in their head every day. That's all they talk about. That's all they... And so anyone on the right who doesn't like her or anyone in the middle who doesn't like her, anyone liberal who doesn't like her, it's like, why are you paying attention to her then? Um, I did I did want to say something funny, though. There was a funny tweet that I mentioned to you before that I did oh, retweet. Yeah, we didn't do that this take yet. No, Tim Pool said, this is really funny, Tim Pool, he, he uh, t- tweeted a PBS article about a record number of African migrants who are coming across the Mexican border illegally. And he was like, so let me get this straight. People are flying from, and are flying from Angola to Brazil, then traveling north through Central America and Mexico to get in line for a concentration camp. Right. <laughs> like, if you're Tim Pool... You're allowed to tweet that. That was good. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. Somebody no, should tell them these places are concentration camps. All <laughs> right. Maybe, uh, maybe AOC would support a massive uh, information campaign throughout the world to say, don't come to America. It's just a concentration camp. Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> um, yeah, it reminds me of, I didn't say this on take one. It's a new thing. It reminds me of someone, I think it was Phil Donahue asked Ayn Rand this, this is like in the late seventies or maybe 80 when, when, when Reagan was, I guess he was president in 80. So it must've been after 80. She died in 82. So sometime in that time frame. Anyway, people viewed her as like, she was very anti left. And so they assumed that she was a conservative, but she was not. And she despised conservatives. And so uh, Phil Donahue said to her, so Ayn Rand, tell us. What do you think about Ronald Reagan? And without missing a beat, she said, I don't think of him. That's, That's from one of her books. I don't think of him. That's from one of her books, too. I forget. Somebody was yes. telling me the I think Atlas Shrugged probably has that in it somewhere. Um, she probably stole a line from one of the characters in her own books. But it's a great line, and it's the right response. What do you think of AOC? I don't. All right. I think we can wrap it up. I actually pressed the record button this time. I see it recording. You want to say goodbye to everyone? That's going to do it for today's Daily Cafefe with Carter and Carrie.